Well, good morning. We want to welcome each and every one of you this morning to Paradise Valley Christian Church. Thank you for taking the time to join us. If you have not had a chance to fill out one of the Connect cards, you can still do that online at pvcc.info. And we're excited about what God is continuing to do through this body of believers as we start a new year of 2020. It's the second Sunday of 2020, and it's amazing how time just, it just keeps rolling on. And uh, we, we are grateful for each and every one of you. Warren mentioned our, our Wednesday night kickoff, and I just want to say thank you to all those who participated in that, whether you came for classes or you're teaching a class, helping out with the young kids, um, helping clean up. All those things took place on Wednesday. We had 75, we fed 75 to 80 people or so, and I'd say about 100 or so people showed up for classes, and so it was a great time of unity, a great time of spiritual growth, and, and a great time of fellowship, just getting to know one another, and, uh, and so I would pray that as we continue to, to seek out new opportunities and ministries, that we would have an impact in our community, and my prayer is that we would have an impact on even just 3% of the community of Casper. 3%, and you say, well, why 3%? If you, if you do any research, you find out that 3% of any grouping can have a high impact on what takes place in that group. And so my prayer is that not necessarily that we reach 100% of all those that live in Casper, but that we reach 3% of the community of Casper for Jesus. And so what is that going to look like? How is that going to take place where do we need to grow and where do we need to continue to reach out? And so my prayer is, is that we seek the wisdom of God in that. Before we get rolling too far this morning, will you pray with me? God, this morning we humble ourselves in your presence. In the name of Jesus, we seek your Holy Spirit's direction. Father, may we be a church body that continues to, to seek and save the lost, that we would continue to teach and to disciple, that we would see more and more people immersed into Christ as Bernice made that decision this morning. Father, we are desiring to be a church that would continue to reach to the ends of the earth through world missions. And Father, we are grateful for the, the opportunities that you bring in front of us each and every day. May we use those opportunities to further your kingdom. It's the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you're unaware this morning, uh, a lot of times here at PV, this is obviously I'm fairly new, but a lot of times at PV we like to begin the year just with a challenge and an encouragement when it comes to giving, when it comes to stewardship, when it comes to the generosity of the people of God. And our prayer is that God will use every area of our lives when it comes to this new year to further his kingdom here on this earth, including how we handle our finances that God has blessed us with. And of course, of course, excuse me, our goal this morning is, is not to necessarily guilt you into giving. In fact, we've already taken up the offering. We're not going to take up another one, okay? My hope is, is that we can just offer you some, some encouragement, some challenge from God's word and we're not here to make you feel like all we're concerned about is money because God's got it all handled. But the reality is, is as we begin a new year, our hope is that we continue to reach out with new ministries, new opportunities that God will use to further his kingdom. And, and sometimes that's going to take some finances. Our goal is for each and every one of us, including myself, is to, to grow in our relationship with God 
through his word on Sunday mornings. And as you look into God's word, you will see that our finances are an area that we are to be godly in. And so if you're brand new here this morning or if you're here for the first time in a long time, I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm not here to twist your arm. I'm just here to offer you an opportunity for you to look at God's word, to seek God's will in your life when it comes to giving. And I thought Justin Lewis, who is one of our elders, did a great job challenging us from God's word about what barriers we, that take place in our lives when it comes to a willingness to give. And, and he talked about the idea of faith and our finances and the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives were, were discussed in the message from last week. And if, if you missed that or any of our recent messages for that matter, you can get caught up on pvcc.info or pvcc.com. But I thought it was a message that really gave us some real life scenarios of where we can grow in. And a lot of times I think that we, we often want to do certain things maybe when we get older, maybe when we mature, maybe when we understand things a little bit better. In fact, uh, in the new Frozen movie, there's a, a song by Olaf that speaks to this very idea. And so here's a 30-second clip or so of Olaf's song of when he gets older. All makes sense when I am older. So there's no need to be terrified or tense. I'll just dream about a time when I meet my aged prime. Cause when you're older, absolutely everything makes sense. This is fine. That's probably not all that true, is it? When we're older, everything's going to make sense. It's all going to come together. Olaf was wanting to hold off as long as he can because when he's older, then everything was just going to fall into place. And I think all too often, we who are younger, and of course I include myself in that uh, younger category, yes, because I feel like I'm still 20, except for after basketball games, that's usually not how I feel, but we think that when, when it comes to giving back to God, it's something that we will do when we're older. It's something that will take place later on, because in our minds, when we're older, we should maybe have a better job, or we make more money, or when we're older, we're going to be out of debt, or when we're older, we're going to have fewer or less kids at home. I don't know if that's going to take place at my house, but maybe when we're older, all things that I want to buy are going to already be bought, and so then I won't have anything to spend my money on, and so then that's when I'll give. And I'm not picking on any of you that are younger than me with the title of the message of being willing to give while you are young. Because once again, many of us feel like we are young. What my hope is this morning is that I want to challenge all of us to grow in the area of being willing to give back to God wherever you are in life. And so the question comes, why should I give right here, right now, where I'm at? And I, I believe one of the first things we can look at is we want to be willing to invest. Invest in the kingdom of God. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 6, Warren read a verse from this this morning. 
But Matthew chapter 6, I'm reading from the New International Version, starting in verse 19 of chapter 6. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We cannot, excuse me, you cannot serve both God and money. And when it comes to investing financially in this life, uh, the experts encourage you to invest sooner than later so that your return is even greater as you get older. And the same is true when it comes to investing in the kingdom of God. My dad would oftentimes say, well, put your money where your mouth is. And he would say that in different scenarios, uh, whether we're playing a card game or whether it was me saying, well, I want to really be a really good basketball player. He'd say, well, let, put your money where your mouth is. Are you, are you, really, are you just going to talk about it or are you really going to do something about it? He would also use the phrase, you need to have skin in the game, meaning that you have to be invested in that. And if I really cared about something, I need to be all in. I needed to have skin in the game, and we see that in our world all around us. If, if I want my kids to learn how to play an instrument or to uh, be better singers vocally, then I'm going to be willing to spend some money to pay a teacher that's going to give them lessons in order for them to be able to do that. Or, or if we want to try and get in shape and be healthier we spend money for a gym membership or a food program to try to accomplish that. Whatever people are interested and care about, they are willing to financially invest in. And the same should be true about the things of God and His church. When I did youth ministry, there were times where we were willing to pay uh, the full amount for a kid to go to camp or for a kid to head off to a, a youth event but most of the time, I would really encourage the kids and the parents to save up, to invest, to make the things of God and the things of his church more important than the things of the world. I wanted them to be willing to give something towards the cost of the event. I wanted them to lay up their treasures in heaven. And I wish I had learned at a younger age to be willing to invest in the things of God by giving back a tithe to God. And when I say younger age, I think all the way back into my junior high and high school years. Because at that time in my life, I know my parents impressed on me the, the concept of giving a tithe. But in my mind, if I worked for it, it was my money. If I was out in the fields during the summer months picking rock off the ground and putting it into a, a bucket in the tractor and, and hauling that to off the field, that was hard work that I worked at and that was my money. I made that. Or if I was mowing lawns, we had a, a, a lawn business. Or if we were picking wild oats out of the field where my dad would pay us 10 cents a pound 
to pick wild oats, and he wouldn't let us leave the dirt clods at the bottom of the, the wild oats. He made us knock those off and then put it in the gunny sack. You see, I worked hard, and so that's my money because I worked for it. And it wasn't until I was a freshman in Bible college that I really learned the lesson that Matthew 6, 19 through 21 is trying to teach us. Where again it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Being from a small town of Haver, Montana, 8,000 people, rarely did we ever lock our doors. In fact, we didn't really drive very nice vehicles, and so we didn't really worry about if our vehicle got taken and whatnot. But as I went to college, I had a lot of my valuable things in my car, especially early on as I went to school. And so in that first week or so, I left my vehicle unlocked multiple times and there was one evening that my car got broken into. Well, it technically didn't get broken into because it was unlocked. But someone got into my car and they took all my sweet CDs that I had purchased back in the day. And, and, and there was a check in there and there was some money. And in that moment, God used this incident of someone breaking in and stealing my possessions to cause it to click in my mind when it came to giving back to God. You see, he, he took this instance to change my perspective on giving. Why am I holding on so tightly to stuff and money that could all be gone in an instant? Just overnight, the things that were so important to me were gone. Where thieves can break in and steal. It was right there and then as an 18-year-old kid that I began to consistently and faithfully tithe back to God on everything that I made and has been the best decision financially in my life. What are you investing in? What are you investing in? I think about our Wednesday nights and our children and their willingness to, to come and to soak in God's word. Are we investing in those type of things? Are we investing in things like people making a decision like Bernice this morning to surrender their lives completely and totally over to Christ? This past week there was an individual that came in and, and they were needing financial help and we were able to do that. There was a food pantry downstairs that they took some food to be able to help out. There's other families that we've been able to help out over Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that's because of your willingness to give. Are you investing in the things of God? And if you are, praise God. Thank you. Because that's what this life, when it comes to our treasures, we're not supposed to be storing them up here. We're supposed to be investing them in what is yet to come. And I think oftentimes as younger individuals, we have a tendency to worry. How is God going to take care of us? Well, what, what if I give towards the church and then not have enough to pay my bills? And if you continue on in Matthew, God answers it. Jesus is speaking. If you have a red letter Bible, this is all in red because Jesus is speaking in chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 25, where it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. 
what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I don't know about you, but it's hard for me not to worry. It's hard for me not to worry about my finances at times because, you know, money is something that we deal with on a daily basis. And yet Jesus specifically tells us not to worry. So why do we as humans struggle with worry about the physical things in life that usually require money? Well, in verse 30, which is something that Justin talked about last week, it has to do with our faith. He says, you of little faith, and I... I'm ashamed to, to feel like I've, I'm in that category at times where I'm someone of little faith, not trusting that God is going to take care of everything. He's in control. He's got it handled. And I, I think about as we traveled the road uh, in 2017, there were multiple times where I, I was nervous and, and I had a hard time not worrying. And it was difficult to not just completely put my faith in God. And, and through those times, God grew my faith in many different ways. There was a time, uh, multiple times during the year that God provided in different ways uh, but I remember one instance where we had just left my parents' house in September in Haver, Montana. And we were traveling towards the North Dakota border. And right, right near the North Dakota-Montana border, there's a, an old trading post that we stopped and checked out. And it was several miles off of the highway, uh, the main road there. And so we're just on a real small, narrow road with that semis would drive back and forth for the, the oil that was being, uh, the oil, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, well, Stuff for the oil, anyway. And uh, as we had gone and looked at the, had gone and looked at the old trading post, we were driving back on this road, heading towards the main road. But there wasn't very many people out there. In fact, we were kind of one of the few out there, besides the semis going by. And as we were driving, I look in my rearview mirror, and there was smoke. I'm like, wow, what is going on? Is my trailer brakes locked up for some reason? And, and I just had gotten those fixed in Washington, and I'm like, what is going on? And so I stop, I'll pull over the best I can to the side of the road, and I get out. Well, sure enough, a tire had blown. And so one of the, the six tires on the trailer had blown, and I'm like, okay, how do we work this out? And so for whatever reason, I, I didn't see anywhere ahead, and so I knew there was a dirt road right behind us, so I backed up on this narrow road, and I backed the trailer uh, onto this gravel dirt road, and, and here we are sitting on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere with a blown tire with a trailer that I've never changed a tire on, and we start to pray. 
Autumn's praying, the kids are praying, I'm praying, and, and this is not a comfortable situation for me. And so I get out the tire iron, I finally find where the jack stuff is under the hood of the truck. Who put stuff there? I don't know. Um, but I, I find it, and I have this jack, and I don't know if the jack is going to be able to lift this 13,000-pound trailer up off the ground. I'm praying it does. And as I'm underneath the trailer getting out the spare, a, a pickup pulls up behind us on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And so I kind of shimmy my way out, and this, this older gentleman older than me, gentlemen, um, and his wife get out, and I notice that in the back of this guy's truck, there are a bunch of tires. I'm like, that's interesting. He gets out, and he introduces himself to me, and he says, uh, uh, hi, I am a traveling tire repairman, and I just want to offer my services to you free of charge. Can you believe that? We're out in the middle of nowhere with semis flying by. Maybe I could have figured out how to change that tire. I'm sure perfectly I could have. But here God provides in a scenario that was uncomfortable, that, that I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. And so here, he, he, of course, he has air on his truck, and he gets out, and he starts to take the lug nuts off the tire, and it's like an Indy 500 pit stop, you know, like, whoop, 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 you know, and so he takes off the tire, and we put the spare on, and he takes air and makes sure that the right tire pressure is in all six tires as he goes around. And, and I kid you not, before he leaves, he's like, I cannot just leave you guys here without a spare. He's like, let me go check my house. He runs about five minutes away, comes back with a tire. He takes the old blown tire off the rim right there and then with the right tools. And he puts the new one on as it pops on and he airs that up. And here we have this random spare tire from a random stranger because God provided it in that scenario. And I said, well, is there any way that I can pay you for this? And he said, no, we just want to be able to to help you out. Within 45 minutes or so, we were back on the road. God provides in our lives if we have our eyes open to the work that he is doing. If we're willing to continually submit to him, surrender everything over to him, then he shows up in a big way. And there were many times during our year on the road where we were worried we were concerned. We contemplated quitting. It was like, is God going to take care of us in this situation? We were questioning if this was really what God was wanting from us at the time. And God always showed up. And how many times have you experienced a financial setback in your life? How many times in your life have you found yourself worried and questioning God's provision? Have you seen God show up in those situations? Have you experienced God getting you through those difficult financial times? See, we need to be willing to give back to God no matter what is going on in our lives because God always provides. And as I continue to, to think through why we as a congregation just need to be willing to give back to God right where we're at, I believe that this idea of life is short is so important. If you want to turn over to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, I think about how short we have here on this earth. And, and sometimes 
We forget that this world, again, is not our home. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13, says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. And I think sometimes we get caught up in planning for the future. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's actually good to a certain extent. But if all of that planning for the future hinders us from giving back to God in the here and the now, then we need to change. We need to change. The parable of the rich fool highlights the reality that, that many of us as Americans are more concerned about investing in our earthly comfort instead of investing in our heavenly future and in the eternal futures of others. Again, verse 21 that we just read from the New Living Translation, it says it this way. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Do you have a rich relationship with God? Is that what is most important in your life? You see, because life is short. You may be thinking this morning that you have a long life ahead of you. I know I feel that way this morning. And, and maybe you think that, well, as time goes on, that's when I'll begin to really start to give towards the things of God. And yet none of us know how long we have. May we make the most of giving back to God while we have the opportunity to do so. Because when we do we will see how God provides for us in our lives and the investment we make here on this earth will have eternal returns in heaven. And so my hope and prayer as we close this morning is that we remember that all that we have has been given to us by our Heavenly Father. A father and a son were traveling on a freeway. And the boy said to his father, that he was hungry and that he would like to stop for a snack. And, and so they see the golden arches ahead and they, they pull off the road and the boy sits at one of the tables in the restaurant and the father returns with a bag full of steamy, fresh french fries. The boy's face brightens with delight and he's hungry. 
You see, the father has brought him something that he really enjoys. And the father sets the fries before the boy and takes his seat opposite him. He loves the son. He loves to watch him eat so heartily. And the two sit at the table together while the boy munches away at the snack. Then the dad does what all dads would do. He reaches over and takes one French fry for himself. The little boy snaps at his father, Dad, these are mine. Why can't you get your own? The dad thinks about this incident on the long, silent drive home. I gave my son every fry he had, and all I wanted was one in return. My son doesn't understand something. He doesn't know that I could take all these fries away in an instant, or if I felt it best for him, I could add to that bag of fries so abundantly that he'd be overwhelmed by them. He thinks that they are his. How did he forget who bought them and brought them to him? And I pray that we never forget that God has given us everything that we have. Are we willing to give back to him, not only with our finances, but our time and our abilities, and more importantly, our lives? Are we willing to die to our old selves in order that we might be raised to have a new life in Christ? If you've never really surrendered your life fully over to Jesus, I would encourage you as we sing a song of invitation, that you would come, that you would surrender over to him. And maybe you just need prayer this morning. Maybe you want to place your membership, be a part of what's going on here, part of the body of Christ at PV. In fact, our first service, uh, Kathy and Pat Cook did that very thing. If you know them, encourage them, welcome them. This morning, if you have a decision to make, will you come as we sing? Will you stand with us?